0: I love New York. You can pop out of the Underworld in Central Park, hail a taxi, head down Fifth Avenue with a giant hellhound loping along behind you, and nobody even looks at you funny. Welcome to
1: 4600. (laughs) This is a podcast for two friends, me, Quinn. And Natalie, me. (laughs) read the percy jackson the olympian series by rick riordan if you're hearing panting right now it's because my dog's sitting in my lap right now uh and i tried to get him away but he was just sitting he was barking outside the door or now he's in my lap okay (laughs) but yeah but today we are reading the last book in this the Percy Jackson Olympian series, the last Olympians, and yes. we're reading chapters nine through eleven today.
0: Woo! Well, yeah, we sure are. It's gonna take us five bajillion years to get through this. Hi, Jackson. He's such a cutie. He is. <laughs> this is how
1: he rides in a car too. Just laminates himself. <laughs> Aww. Whoever he's sitting on, he looks. He honestly sits like a seatbelt when he's in the car. He laminates cute. himself to the chest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so today we have a small feel famous with us. We don't have any emails, but we do need to thank but Samantha. But any feel
1: famous with us is a feel famous with us. So yes, that is true.
0: <laughs> we need to thank Samantha for joining our Patreon. Woohoo!
1: Hi Samantha!
0: Woo! 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 So Good thanks <laughs> Thanks to Patreon, I was able to buy this cute little microphone so that this can sound oh. less terrible.
1: <laughs> Even though now you were moving it around, so it sounded weird when you were showing it off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's okay. <laughs> also, this is the first time we've ever recorded the video of this podcast. I know.
1: We can see each other, and you never know, maybe someday someone else will see us seeing each other.
0: (laughs) Well, it's going to record the video of this, right? Yeah. So that I can put it on our YouTube channel. Woo! Woo! (laughs) Wild, wild, crazy times. I love that doc. Okay, so let us, without further ado, get into the recap of chapter nine, Two Snakes save My Life. Oh,
1: the, it's, it, it's, oh, I'm, I'm stressed out, man. <laughs> Same. <laughs> these, these, these chapters, things, things are starting. We're at war. It's official.
0: Yeah, we are. Actually, oh, by the way, I gave that four stars
1: what did I give it? I gave that five sna- stars, because snakes are cool. Also, I'm pretty <laughs> sure the day I read this, I was also, li- I listened to a podcast that was all about Steve Irwin, so I was in that Aww.
0: good old Steve Irwin. <laughs> all right, so, at the beginning of chapter nine, Perseus Jackson leaves the underworld. My- <gasps> minus Nico but still with Mrs. O'Leary. Yes. So and he, you know what
1: Nico's on his own quest. He he or not quest. He has his mission. He he uh was set to bad Percy get 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 your dad involved in this war. Come on. <laughs>
0: oh yes, he's completing a task.
1: <laughs> hopefully.
0: Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> so He Percy, not Nico, is like cruising through New York City in a taxi, and he calls Annabeth. Apparently, he called her like in the tunnel leaving the underworld, (laughs) and she didn't answer. (laughs) But apparently, Percy has Annabeth's phone number memorized, unless he has it in his mom's phone. But I like to think that that he has it (laughs) memorized. so annabeth is like we are on our way but what are you planning because we've left camp virtually undefended and blah, blah blah and percy's like just trust me annabeth i'll see you soon i'll fill you in later and she's like okay i'll see you soon and percy's percy like hangs up and his hands are shaking and he's like i don't know if this is because of what i'm planning or if left over from bathing in the river sticks like probably all of the above. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's a lot of things going on, Percy. There's many reasons you're shaking. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so the taxi drops Percy off at the Empire State Building and he waits in outside with Mrs. O'Leary, uh, who's like doing an investigative do of this hot dog cart. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> these three white vans with the word Stealthy Strawberry Service painted on the side pull up. And one of them is driven by Argus, and the other two are driven by the cleaning harpies, because apparently they're useful for more than just cleaning and eating campers. <laughs> <laughs> so 40 total camper, well, yeah, yeah, four campers, 40, Four, four zero campers, get out <laughs> of the vans, Um, There's Pollux is there, Selena Beauregard, Connor and Travis, Michael Yu, Jake Mason, Katie Gardner, Malcolm, and, of course, everyone's favorite blonde demigod, Annabeth Chase. And Chiron is also there um, in the wheelchair that, like, conceals his horsey half when he doesn't, when he's going among the mortals. But, notably, Clarice and the entire Aries cabin are missing. come on, mm,
1: Clarice, come on, (laughs) like, I get that she's offended by some imagined slight, or whatever, (laughs) um, but, yeah, I have faith in her, though, I think, uh, oh god, what's her boyfriend's name, Chris Rodriguez, is he there yet? Um, it doesn't say he is, I'm going to say Chris Rodriguez is working on Clarice, trying to get her to New York.
0: I hope so, because Percy thinks that she's a stubborn idiot, and I just feel like it's, like, wildly out of character for her that she would put her honor or whatever above to fighting. a fight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she loves fighting. Like, it's, it's Clarice weird. is
1: not someone to miss a fight if there's one on the table. <laughs> exactly. No matter what, even if her feelings are hurt.
0: <laughs> so maybe it's Uncle Rick is, like, trying to get us to think that Clarice is the spy. Well,
1: there <laughs> are things. Never mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how he describes Michael U as Farity? Wait, what? When we first meet Michael Yu, it says that he has a ferrety face. And like later oh, Ferrety, yeah. Like a ferret, like a little mm-hmm. creature. And then later it's like, Oh, Michael's Ferrety face is dirty. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, so you think Michael Yu is uh, the spy? I don't think so, but I think Rick is trying to get us to think that he is. So you're
1: thinking that Rick has like many, many red herrings in here. So like yeah. Reese is there. Who else? Michael, you. Yeah, Um, that's all I got. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Well. I don't know. Because, like, I do, that's the thing. I know who the actual spy is, and there's no real warning signs. I don't see that many warning signs. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I know who the spy is, too, because we talked about this, and I remember who it is, and there's, like, no indication whatsoever, <laughs> so it's,
1: like. I feel like it's, like, all, like, revealed, I don't know, it must just be revealed in that final boom, they're the spy, because <laughs> I've not seen that much lead up to it.
0: Yeah. But Percy is thinking about it, and he, like, as he's surveying the 40 campers who came to help, he's, in the back of his mind, he's like, one of these people is a spy, and they're all my friends, and one of them tried to betray us all to Kronos, and, like, he's kind of, doesn't have time to think about it, (laughs) because he's about to fight a war. So, Annabeth has her knife strapped to her arm and her laptop bag over her shoulder, and I love this line. Uh, this is like my favorite line this whole chapter. She was, (laughs) she was dressed in black camouflage with her celestial bronze knife strapped to to her arm and her laptop bag slung over her shoulder, ready for stabbing or surfing the internet, whichever came first. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I can't leave the laptop. What if I need these plans? (laughs) So she kind of notices that Percy looks different but can't quite put her finger on why. She's just like, something different about you, Percy Jackson. So, well, just by because, like, just by the way that
1: Percy is written in this and is just, like, thinking about things, he feels different. He feels, like, raw, and he feels just, like, I don't know, He's all, he's very much he's on edge. He's about, he feels like he's about to explode, and he doesn't know if it's going to be, I don't know, it's, it's crazy because yeah. I was reading it, and I was just like, he just feels tense
0: <laughs> yeah, and he definitely does, and like his hands are shaking and he's just like she's in full on battle mode at this point point. and the way that he's just like responding to people's questions, it's just
1: like he he's just like responding first thing that comes to mind, oh wait, did that hurt your feeling? I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Like it's like I think that we saw that uh, like the we got a hint of that at the end of the last chapter when he so sort of told Nico like hey you have to stay here you have to work on your dad and yeah. Nico was like I'm so sorry I didn't mean to hurt you and he's just like what sorry I didn't mean to <laughs> <up."> aggressive
0: <laughs> yeah he's just like you know what what's done is done let's finish this let's go and everybody else is just like It's like, why are you so
1: down to business now?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Percy is still not fully understanding his power and, like, his place in this group right now, because he tries to get Chiron to take the lead, and Chiron's like, no, my boy, you are the leader now. I'm just your teacher. I do love this part, because he says, um,
1: uh, where is it? He smiled. I am your trainer, your teacher. That is not the same as being your leader. I will go gather what allies I can. It may not It may not be too late to convince my brother Centaurus, Centaurus to help. Meanwhile, you call the campers here. Percy, you are the leader. I feel like this is a moment that we don't see that often in like kids books where there's like a clear teacher figure. Like, Mm -hmm. Dumbledore never sits Harry down and says, hey, this is all on you. I'm (laughs) going to die. Dumbledore knew he was going to die. He never tells him, Harry, like, you're gonna be the leader here. This is, (laughs) this is Kyra sitting him down, like, no, I, like, yeah, I'm the teacher, but
0: it's all on you. Yep. I feel like if we, if Percy didn't have that moment, like, he still would have, like, become the leader that he needed to be, but it's just such a clear, like, moment that you don't get to see very often. Yeah, yeah.
1: I feel, yeah, he, he would have realized that he's the leader in this group anyway, but. Yeah. (laughs) This was just a moment where Kyrens really spells it out to him, like, nope, nope, I, I, I may have taught you everything you know, but. Yeah. I am not the person in charge of this battle.
0: But Chiron still makes a vague comment. He's like, you'll do well, Percy. Just remember your strengths and beware your weaknesses. And Percy's like, ugh, he sounds like Achilles. And then he's like, oh, he trained Achilles. That's right.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of reason he might sound like Achilles. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Percy gets a lot of warnings about his weaknesses in this cha- these chapters.
0: <laughs> and rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, they're all like, you're super BA right now, but also, um, you still got those weaknesses. <laughs> uh, Percy tells all the campers about the trap that Hades referred to, um, and th- we don't like, it, you know, we don't see that conversation, like, the next thing we see is uh, all the campers following percy into the lobby of the empire state building so the doorman this time is reading a big black book with a flower on the cover which has to be twilight right
1: new moon specifically
0: oh <laughs> so last time he was reading harry potter as soon as i
1: read it i was like it's new moon don't <laughs> even
0: <laughs> look at the cover. It's cute how he puts in those little, like, um, pop culture cameos. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel
1: like at the time this book came out, yeah, that was his main competition. All of the, like, there were kids either reading Percy Jackson and Harry Potter, and then
0: there were kids reading Twilight
1: and New Moon,
0: Eclipse, and Breaking Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) I... I've never read Twilight. I think I read the first two chapters, and I was like, "This book is terrible," and I threw it away. <laughs> not literally. I probably took hey, it back. To I my think brain. I read
1: them. <laughs> I read them because I, I I read the first Twilight movie or Twilight book because the movie came out. Oh yeah. And then um, my sister was really into the book bu- or into the movies, but she's not a big reader, so she was sort of just like, "Hey Quinn, could you read the books <laughs> and tell me
0: oh my gosh
1: and I was just like I can't tell you what happens it's sort of weird
0: (laughs) they're terrible anyway it's funny because the elevator music in the elevator is different this time and it's playing that old disco song staying alive (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is just hilarious honestly so they get up to the 600th floor and Percy takes a moment to realize what's different about um, the place, and he realizes that it's completely silent. There's no music, no laughter, no one's talking. Like, almost everyone is hiding inside, like, shutters closed, doors locked, like, just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds kind of like our lives right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> chilling out, or, well, not chilling, hiding inside. See someone walking on the street, <gasps> close the windows. <laughs> Yeah. It's not really? Normally, I don't know. I feel like I like look out more. I'm like, who? Who's outside?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Annabeth asks Percy again, like where he went. And he's like, I'll just tell. I have. I'll tell you later. He just kind of blows her off. He's like, we can't deal with this right now. So they head out the path, uh, past some statues of Hera, and Annabeth tells Percy that Hera has been cursing her with cows who will leave her presents, <laughs> even at school. Ooh. Just, like, a pile of cow dung right in the front of your locker.
1: That's not pleasant. That's not pleasant at all. Um, <laughs> I-, I have had the pleasure of stepping in a pile of cow dung. That's not pleasant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here's the worst. I hate her. Yeah.
1: She, she, she's, she, she's the
0: queen of the gods, Pollux notices some blue (laughs) lights flying across the sky toward Olympus, but they just fizzle out when they get too close to the mountain, and Michael Yu thinks that it means that they're being targeted. Mm. Like an infrared scope, and I'm like, I don't really fully understand that, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so they all reach the throne room, the massive court of the gods with the twelve thrones, and Bessie, the Ophiotaurus, our old friend, swimming in his giant water bubble aquarium, uh, and he moves happily when he sees Percy, and <laughs> Percy talks to him a little bit. He's like, how you doing, buddy? And then they see... I love Bessie. Same. <laughs> they also see Hestia, uh, who is appearing as a grown woman now, but she's still wearing her brown prairie dress, and she's tending to the fire at the hearth. So she knows that Percy now has the curse of Achilles. And she's like, oh, so you went through with it despite me telling you not to do it. As usual, you never listen. And she's like, you are still blind to the most important truth. Maybe you require a glimpse of it. He's like, what? So Hestia (laughs) gives Percy a vision of Luke and Talia finding Annabeth hiding in an alley. Um, And she's like, just hiding behind a sheet of metal, essentially. She's scared and alone. She's in her pajamas. And she's just has a hammer, like, a regular hammer to defend herself with. So Luke and Talia, like, find her, and Luke is really kind and, like, understanding of her situation and, like, brings her into their inner circle, and he's like, you'll be part of our family now. And, like, it's no surprise that Annabeth, like, feels so much affection for him, because yeah, he was, like, the first person to bring her into, you know, the world of being a Greek demigod, essentially.
1: Yeah, and she, he was the first person to, like, really, I don't know, be kind to her in this world. Like, all the yeah. other people
0: that she's met from that world are monsters and have tried to kill her. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like, oh, she sees him and she's like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one, after mm-hmm. all. Uh, it's he, like Talia was there, but Talia didn't give her a knife to protect herself. <laughs> <laughs> right, because Luke gives Annabeth her bronze knife, and it suddenly makes sense to Percy why she's so attached to it. Because he has asked her in the past why she likes to fight with it, and she just like, "Because I'm a vague answer." And now Percy's like, "Ah, making connections." Sentimental value. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Luke tells Annabeth that only the bravest and strongest fighters fight with a knife. And then yeah, because you gotta get up real close to your victims. Right. <laughs> so then next, Hestia shows Percy a vision of Talia, Luke, and Annabeth running somewhere a few days or maybe even a few weeks later. And Talia is limping. And Talia asks Luke if he's sure he wants to do this. Because we see, like, the house, Luke's house down on, like, the side of the cliff, you know, mm-hmm. and so we realize that Luke is trying to go home, and he says that they need, they just need to get some medicine and some food, and then they leave. And Talia's like, "Are you sure you want to do this? You swore you would never return home." And he's like, "We have to. We have to help your leg." Blah blah. And then he snaps at Annabeth when she asks if they can meet his, uh, May, his mother. Mm-hmm. And then before he can even go, and he further down the side of the cliff. Uh, there's, like, a flash of golden light illuminating the woods, and this voice just booms, you should not have come home. And then the vision ends, Percy's back in the present, and he's like, how long was I out? And Annabeth's like, you just looked at Hestia for one second. <laughs> <And> he's like... <laughs> that would be so <laughs> freaky, though.
1: If you, if you, like, totally, like, had an eye contact with someone and then saw a long feeling like a long vision, then you came back, and nothing- no time had passed? <laughs> that would be concerned. <laughs>
0: yeah, it would be weird. So, Percy tries to tell Hestia, like, you know, we need to talk to Zeus, that's why we're here. But he's interrupted by Hermes, who shimmers suddenly into existence beside Hestia. And, you know what? I just love Hermes. <laughs> he- looks 25 he seems, he, but
1: he's in—he's like a completely different personality personality this time though
0: oh yeah he is very unhappy yeah he's so unhappy in this scene um but he looks 25 but he has salt and pepper hair because i feel like he wants to be like yeah i'm young and attractive but i'm also distinguished i'm mature
1: <laughs> you don't
0: have to check my id <laughs> yeah so Hestia's like bye and peace is out, <laughs> <laughs> and George and Martha um, are the two snakes on Hermes's Caduceus. And love them. Yeah, George asks Percy if he brought him a rat, and Martha's like, Percy's been busy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love how Hermes is like. Hermes shows a lot of affection and humanity, and like, just being a person
1: in Mm -hmm. this scene
0: it's like oh he's not just you know a attractive god he's he's not an
1: attractive (laughs) god well he is but not just
0: i said said he's not just an attractive god (laughs) (laughs) like okay so poseidon shows a lot of affection for queen sally and percy as well but he always feels like inaccessible in a way but Mm -hmm. hermes always feels like you know down to earth like the the cool guy like you could grab a beer with Hermes you know <laughs> or a blue I wonder Coke. if
1: that's because he has the most interactions with mortals because he is the god of messengers and travelers yeah so he delivers more messages to mortals he, originally he was the guy who would take some of the more important mortal souls to the underworld so i don't know maybe he's just had more interaction with People, so he is more personable.
0: <laughs> Could be, who knows? So, <laughs> he again, like we said, he is very unhappy right now, so <laughs> he's not in a good mood. Um, he's for one, he's been fighting, for two, he has to go deal with these demigod twerps, <laughs> for three, he's irritated at Athena. <laughs> for giving him messages to carry on he's like he's like, like just because oh, yeah.
1: i'm the god of messengers doesn't mean messages is all i do
0: <laughs> <laughs> what does he say about athena it's so funny oh because annabeth says my mother must have foreseen it and she, he's her is like your mother don't get me started on your mother young lady she's the reason i'm here at all zeus didn't want any of us to leave the front line but your mother kept pestering him non-stop. It's a trap. It's a diversion. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> she's she completely right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then at one point he's like. Let me, messages. It'll be a great job. They told me. Not much work. Lots of worshippers. Nobody cares what I have to say. It's always about other people's messages. He <laughs> is so grumpy right now. <laughs> He's so cranky. It feels like he's not being appreciated. <laughs> or Hermes. <laughs> so Percy tells Hermes that they need to speak with Zeus. And Hermes just glares at him. He's like, I am the messenger. May I take a message? And Percy's like, yeah. so Percy and Annabeth send the rest of the half bloods away to do a sweep of the perimeter in the city so they can speak with Hermes in private. And they give the job to Connor and Travis, which makes them really happy because <laughs> their fathers are right there. They in
1: front of their dad. <laughs> yeah.
0: And Annabeth tells Hermes that Typhon is just a trap to get the gods to leave Olympus undefended, and Hermes is like, "Whatever." It's like that's, that's the same
1: thing that your mom's been saying. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> <think
0: of that. laughs> Hermes is like, a- Aeolus, the king of the winds, has. I just hit my mic. Not <laughs> just sipping so close to my face. Uh, uh Aeolus has the city protected um with magical wards, so they will the winds will strike down anything or anyone who attempts to enter through the sky. Which means that Kronos' army would have to enter Olympus via the elevator.
1: It's <laughs> her- like, all right, groups
0: of ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Hermes is like, can you see him doing that, Percy? And Percy's like, it might be ridiculous, but yeah, I can. Because you
1: can, yeah. <laughs> Get like
0: a few more people out there. Right. And Hermes is like, Typhon is the greatest, and en- is our greatest enemy. And Percy's like, isn't that Kronos? And Hermes is like, no, him- Typhon almost defeated us way back in the day. It was humiliating. And Percy's like.
1: It's like there. It sounds like there's been a lot of people that have almost defeated the gods. So <laughs> <True>. <laughs> make your, make a list, and uh, what ones are most pressing?
0: Oh, Kronos? <laughs> or <More> Typhon. <laughs> Apparently, well, Percy's like, well, Typhon did destroy Saint destroy Saint Louis, and Hermes is like, yes, but he only destroyed half of Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> only half. <laughs> right, it's not the whole state only half the state is in ruins so it's great <sighs> and annabeth asks if athena sent any messages for her and after hermes grumbles about gaining his job he tells her this that athena said that the demigods will have to hold olympus without the help of the gods which is obvious and to initiate plan 23 which annabeth does not seem happy about yeah,
1: it's always weird when someone tells you it's plan 23, and you're like,
0: I thought I was the only one who read plan
1: 23. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, also, we find out later that it's a dangerous plan. It so, is a
1: dangerous
0: plan. Athena also told, sent a message with Hermes to Percy to remember the rivers and to stay away from her daughter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> two very th- important things to remember <laughs> yeah.
0: so annabeth is so close to getting away without angering hermes and just letting hermes go but she has to bring up luke and she's like i'm so sorry about luke and hermes flips out he's like sorry doesn't cut it and his caduceus turns into like this electrified cattle prod thing Well, isn't
1: it laser mode? That's what I imagine, because George says something like, Oh, I want to go back to the battle
0: and be in laser mode. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And would that electrified cattle prod be laser mode? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Can we go back to the battle now? I want to do laser mode again. That's fun. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess this could be laser mode. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's cattle prod mode. (laughs) Yeah, whatever, whatever mode it's in, it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, and he yells at, uh, Hermes yells at Annabeth that she should have saved Luke when she had the chance and that she's the only one who could have done it. So, like, question marks. (laughs) And then, um, Percy, like, kind of tries to step between them and, like, defend Annabeth, and Hermes is like, don't defend her, Jackson! And Percy's just like, what is happening? Yeah. So Percy yells back at him that he shouldn't have abandoned May and Luke, and Hermes almost smites him on the spot, like, not kidding. But
1: also, <laughs> he deserves it. Like, Percy speaks his, the truth.
0: <laughs> I mean, didn't he really abandon them, though, you know? Like we don't really know what happened. That
1: is, we true, we don't know what happened.
0: But wouldn't you like?
1: How how does Percy see Poseidon leaving his mom? That's sort of a ver- version of abandoning. I think that he basically sees every time a god leaves their the mortal chick that they got pregnant. That's an abandonment.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like Hermes continued. Well, I don't know because I guess Luke only met Hermes once, he says. Yeah. Which I guess but was you know, in we, but we the don't know. We didn't see time. the
1: rest of that vision. So right. his I, I I believe that it was uh, Hermes at the end of that vision that they saw.
0: Yeah, you know? because Percy says that like when he hears Hermes in the throne room that it's the same voice that he heard in the vision at the end. Yeah,
1: so we don't know what conversation then ensued between Hermes right. and Luke.
0: And May, I know that May is not the most reliable narrator of her own life, but she did say like Hermes comes to visit her. That's true.
1: But maybe she sees all of those little
0: stickers that she <laughs>
1: has around her house.
0: <laughs> I don't know. But he knew Luke was going to the house, so. True. I don't think that Hermes abandoned them quite as much as Poseidon abandoned Percy and Sally.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I sort of want, there's probably, I don't know, Luke, or, maybe Luke wasn't as abandoned as he thought he was.
0: Yeah. I don't know. We shall see as we find out more. Hence the chapter title, thanks to Martha and George reminding Hermes about the curse of Achilles. Hermes leaves Percy alone and thanks George and Martha. <laughs> so Hermes's voice breaks when he talks about May and Luke and he's like, my poor May and my son my greatest pride And he tells Percy that Percy doesn't know how much Hermes has sacrificed. Percy doesn't know what happened and yeah. Percy is like, well what did happen to May if I don't know then tell me essentially and Hermes just looks at him and Percy's like, realizes that it's a very deep-seated pain is on Hermes's face now. And Hermes is just like, I'm out, dude. Good luck. Bye. So Annabeth is still pretty shaken up by being almost smote by a God. (laughs) So she just sits at the foot of Athena's throne and cries for a minute and ignores all Percy's questions. And then she's like, what did they all mean about the Curse of Achilles? Blah blah blah. So Percy tells her about visiting May with Nico, bathing in the River Styx, and about Hades in the trap. And Annabeth is super shook, of course, and she realizes that Luke also bathed in the River Styx. And she's like, oh, Luke, what were you thinking? And Percy's like, of course you're thinking about Luke again. Dude, now is not the time, my friend. So she tells Percy that plan twenty-three is referring to lots of Daedalus' dangerous inventions and she found the plan like buried in the laptop somewhere. hmm And Percy is so dense sometimes. <laughs> he's like he's the son of the sea god. He can control bodies of water and he doesn't understand Athena's message. I know. Like Well
1: well, it's not like the message is saying use the use the false Percy. Use- <laughs> In the powers and crash all of the ships.
0: It's sort of just like, remember the rivers. He does. <laughs> <laughs> He's silly as heck. So, um, they're, yeah, they're just, like, talking, and then Connor runs up to them and calls them down to the observation deck, and it's like, um, an observation deck at like a tourist attraction that they have all those binoculars you can see pay like an unreasonable but lot of it's money from the f- 600th floor of the, the empire state building so
1: you right. can see
0: all of manhattan exactly so <laughs> um percy like pushes michael yu out of the way and is like looks down at new york city and he feels like his best friend has been attacked because he realizes that the city is completely silent, just like Olympus was, there's no noise whatsoever, which would be really trippy, honestly. Mm -hmm. And then they realize that Morpheus has put millions of people into a deep sleep, which means that the invasion of Manhattan has officially begun.
1: All right, so when, have you ever been in a room with like a whole bunch of people sleeping? Yeah. You know, like I feel like people like it. There's a sound to it because it, it's like people don't sleep silently. So I feel <laughs> like you would
0: hear a whole like city breathing like, <laughs> together. And it would be a- yeah. Would be that that would be even weirder than just it being silent. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Maybe it's know. like it's that like super deep REM sleep where you don't like move. Yeah. Your breathing is just like.
1: no like a thousand people (laughs) millions of people yeah Yeah. it's it's New York sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah and then like it's sort of crazy just thinking about it just in today's context of oh an entire city abandoned (laughs) okay oof
0: yeah (laughs) so picture it same so this brings us to chapter 10 i buy some new friends and i gave that four stars i gave that three stars nice
1: i thought it was because you're buying people
0: (laughs) you're buying friends there's a difference but you're still
1: buying people
0: (laughs) yeah i just thought it was funny (laughs) (laughs) The demigods all head back down into the city where they find Mrs. O'Leary scarfing down hot dogs from the hot dog cart because there's nobody Good there. For her. Good for Dealing with it. Um, Argus has been waiting for them this whole time and Chris is like, you better head back. And Argus asks Annabeth something by drawing like a big circle in the air and, and produces a bronze shield from the back of the van which Annabeth uses as a scope kind of thing Mm -hmm. to target any anything in the city as long as natural light is touching it which is super cool it is really cool and beckendorf made the show does it sound like only within the city
1: or anywhere in the world
0: i think it's anywhere in the world she says yeah anywhere in the world as
1: long as natural light is hitting it
0: that's amazing i know right
1: (laughs) how useful
0: (laughs) (laughs) who knows who cares Come on, Dada. Let's share it with the scientific community. You can literally see any target under the sun or moon as long as natural light is touching it and says. So, but, there you go. so
1: maybe even like but, parts of what about parts of the ocean? Because in the ocean, is there certain levels where the sun still go hits? Natural light still <laughs> hits parts of the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> so would you be able yeah. to use the mirror to see underwater? Sure. Why not? <laughs> we can say yes. No one is to say <laughs> no to us, so.
0: <laughs> Beckendorf actually made the shield for Annabeth before his last mission, which is sad. Oh. Love Beckendorf. Thanks for hurting me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Connor and Travis want to raid Dylan's candy bar, which uh, Jeez, I, I is just a candy shop. love
1: the conversation. Like, there's, like, a huge, a long conversation about... <laughs> do not steal things (laughs) for everybody for everybody (laughs) the Hermes cabin especially but even the Aphrodite cabin you have to remind them don't steal (laughs) just because everyone's asleep doesn't mean except for the Givenchy
0: perfume because the monsters hate the Givenchy Vinci perfume so that's fair game fair game
1: and then of course also cell phones yeah. <laughs> is anybody's random cell phone
0: yeah um so Argus and the Harpies head back to camp and Percy sends Mrs. O'Leary to find Grover and Pollux is like well why didn't we fall asleep and Selena's like well the spell is too huge so it's easier for us to resist it and Percy's like how do you know all that about magic and she's like I don't spend all my time on my wardrobe She's <laughs> like oh good point but
1: Ooh, and maybe this is a a hint. A hint. Because who is the goddess of magic? Hecate, Hecate. and she is on the side of Kronos, So,
0: mm. is it Hecate or Hecate?
1: I like Hecate, <laughs> but I know I've heard Hecate. I feel
0: like heck it sounds better. Oh, really? Hecate. I feel like Hecate. No, like, <laughs> like Hecate like we could, like, ah, oh, Hecate! <laughs> Annabeth uses a shield to reveal the monsters marching toward the island, so there's speedboats on Long Island Sound, an infested fairy making its way toward the island with sea demons and dracanae and monsters, there's even a tank heading through the Lincoln Tunnel. So, in short, oh, it is not tank. looking good. Correct. Kronos is slowing time in a circle around the island, making all the mortals slow down, and Hecate is sending subconscious messages to mortals to turn back before they reach the city. So, like, no traffic's coming in. It's saying forever for people to, like, get through, and they- Literally forever. Yeah. Nobody can (laughs) come in through the sky. Well, it's hard to come in through the sky. If you're a bad guy, it's impossible. Everybody else- It's just hard to do because of the king of the winds. Yeah, you got to go through some
1: interrogation before you get through.
0: Yeah. (laughs) They can't really expect any help from the outside, so they're pretty much on their own at this point. So Percy divides the troops into units for each bridge coming into Manhattan. So Apollo's cabin to the Williamsburg Bridge, Demeter's cabin to the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, half of Hermes' cabin to Manhattan Bridge, and the other to Brooklyn Bridge, Aphrodite to the Queen's Midtown Tunnel, and Hephaestus to the Holland Tunnel. And yeah, the Aphrodite kids are like, oh, can we stop and accessorize on Fifth Avenue? And Percy's like, no, just go to your tunnel. Uh, except for the perfume.
1: I, like, this was a section that I was just like, I feel like I need a map of New York or a yeah. lot more knowledge <laughs> of the, like, layout. Yeah. And there is a map in the, uh, in my copy of The Last Olympian. I'm going to share it to this screen because we can do that on the format, but it's like really unhelpful. It's not helpful at all. Um, <laughs> one second. This
0: thing is stupid looking. Like I can't. <laughs> it's not showing the map.
1: I know it isn't because my computer is stupid. Oh,
0: there it is. What do you mean? I don't know. Like, okay, so I guess it does show all
1: of the bridges. But it doesn't say all of the same. I don't know. I don't know. I was, like, really, I don't know. I was very confused. It doesn't have all of the streets. It just has, like, some of, like, the key points. And then, like, he's, like, referring to specific streets along the way. And it's, like, you only have, like, two of the streets on here. I don't know. But I do like the map.
0: The streets are ir- irrelevant. He just does that stuff for detail. Scooch, up, scooch it up a little. Okay, so here's the Hudson, the East River. It even oh, has like a it shows Grover. Percy's apartment.
1: Yeah, it shows Percy's apartment, and Grover is totally sleeping at Harlem Meer. Oh, Grover. Um, <laughs> then there's the Reservoir, and that has two two swords. Swords crossing each other, and then Central Park, and it, or, and this is all within the central, within Central Park, and mm-hmm. it also it shows the doors of Orpheus. Um, it shows the Plaza Hotel and a Sherman tank at Lincoln Tunnel, facing Medusa. So,
0: Ooh. a
1: Titan base camp. Yeah, yike! But if you because it's, it has the Minotaur on here, so yeah. do you think that? If it has Medusa as one of the symbols as the Titan base camp, does that mean Medusa's coming back?
0: <laughs> I hope not. Or maybe uh. one of her,
1: maybe one of the, the one of the other Gorgon sisters.
0: Yeah. So there's the East River, the Hudson River. So we see, uh, scooch down a bit, please. There we go. So we see, like down here is where Percy goes to talk to his new friends. <laughs> Yeah,
1: would have, like, what, right at the the part where they're basically, the water's going into both of them. Right. At Battery Park. hmm
0: And then we see the bridges. That's cool. I like this map. What are you talking about? I don't know. I think you just are biased against maps. Probably, because I can't read them. <laughs> exactly. I can fold
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> I say, say it takes more skill to fold a map than read it.
0: <laughs> That's the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> Percy goes to assign the Aries cabin to a bridge or a tunnel, but realizes that none of them are there because they're the worst. Um, so, he and Annabeth take the 59th Street bridge, and someone says, no detours, you two. <laughs> who do you think it is
1: (laughs) Malcolm (laughs) Malcolm of course it has to be Malcolm (laughs) Uh, what's Malcolm's last name I can't think of it I don't remember McTavish Uh. (laughs) what I don't know that sounds like a good last name for a first name with Malcolm (laughs) I feel like that's a character in Outlander
0: (laughs) oh (laughs) That's funny. I don't know. I know that, um, Annabeth talks to Malcolm, but I think it said his name, like, two books ago. Yeah, I know. His last name. Yeah, Battle, so last book. Um, apparently everybody knows Annabeth's cell phone number by heart. (laughs) No one needs to, like, get that. Malcolm Pace. Oh, okay. (laughs) Malcolm Pace. I like Malcolm. Um, so Percy's like, oh, if you need to call us, just pick up a random cell phone from one of the sleeping people and call us. I don't know how they all have Annabeth's phone number memorized, but okay. Maybe
1: Annabeth wrote it on everybody's hand on the way to
0: the Yeah, Yeah, you never know. And just as they're realizing that they need more help than what they have, Talia and hunters of Artemis show out dressed in white shirts and camel pants, ready to fight. Um, And Percy's like, you have twice as many hunters as you did last year, Talia. That's great. And Talia's like, I bet my adventures are more dangerous than yours. (laughs) And Percy's like, complete lie. (laughs) So the hunters head off to protect the Lincoln Tunnel. And Percy rallies the troops and he's like, for Olympus or whatever. And then they all disperse.
1: Well, I like his little speech. What is his speech? I don't know, I'm too far. It it is more than um what we get in the the oh. uh, uh Lost Heroes series. Those who have read that, you know that <laughs> speech.
0: And this he is says, more than that speech. Percy says, I looked at the campers, all of them grim and determined. I try not to feel like this is the last time I'd ever see them all together. You're the greatest heroes of this millennium, I told them. It doesn't matter how many monsters come at you. Fight bravely and we will win. I raised riptide and shouted, For Olympus! They shouted in response and our 40 voices echoed off the buildings of Midtown. For a moment it sounded brave, but it died quickly in the silence of 10 million sleeping New Yorkers. Not a very cheerful start. No, not a cheerful start,
1: but it is an encouraging speech for the moment, I yeah. guess. Until <laughs> as, soon, as soon as the echoes stop, then it's no, no a little yeah. eerie. But um, but once we get to the the um, battle speech that Percy gives in the lo- the Lost Hero series, whatever. <laughs> You will
0: understand why this is a good speech. (laughs) (laughs) So Annabeth and Percy steal a Vespa and, like, take off through the streets, and I don't know how the Camp Half-Blood vans got out of the city, because, like, right now, they're like, oh, it's so hard to get through the streets because there's so many cars and stuff, but... And yet, somehow, Argus ended up in the middle of... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he just left with the other vans. So it's a little bit of an inconsistency situation. Maybe the
1: Camp Half Blood van has some kind of magical capabilities, and just whenever the the pair or whenever the crew, because I didn't they have access to the van in. Oh Team,
0: gosh,
1: um, Titan's, Titan's curse.
0: curse. Yeah, and then they left then, it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they just didn't know of the magical capabilities that van had. They never. be. The they didn't scratch the surface. Argus, on the other hand, he knows all the magical
0: capabilities. Could be. It's um,
1: like a night bus.
0: Yeah. So they're stopping to help people every once in a while, like, get people to safety, and they, like, stop a dog and a baby carriage from rolling off perpetually.
1: <laughs> I love that, because it sounds like they're like, yeah, we even stopped a baby carriage from rolling down the thing. And it sounds like, yeah, we saved a baby. And then it's like, but it ended up being a dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of yeah. course it's like we a, thought poodle we're or be a great
1: person but, but we it's just a poodle
0: <laughs> so annabeth is like okay stop here so annabeth like makes percy stop by the statue of william h seward a new york governor who was a son of heavy and i fun fact time i mm-hmm. watched the movie harriet last night which is about harriet tubman obviously. Mm-hmm. It was very good, and it turns out that William H. Seward was also a United States Senator and was, like, super helpful to fugitive slaves, and ended up, like, befriending Harriet Tubman and selling her property for her and her family. That's so cool! Yeah, so he's like, we like him! yeah william
1: <laughs> h seward all the way
0: <laughs> as soon as he in the movie um leslie odom jr is like this is senate uh you know mr seward i don't know if he's oh i thought a you were senator gonna say leslie time. odom
1: jr played william h seward i was like what? no
0: he plays uh mr Steele. i think his name is he he actually has a huge role but he like introduces senator Seward and harriet tubman and i was like my blown <laughs> everything's
1: overlapping yeah
0: so i don't think he would he didn't like have a stop on the underground railroad but he was in in, like a in an abolitionist
1: yep he was an anti-slavery activist in the whig and republican parties um Mm -hmm. before the civil war he was also secretary of state for Abraham Lincoln from eighteen sixty one till nineteen six or eighteen sixty nine. Not nineteen, that would be a very old man. <laughs> yeah. um, That's uh, funny. And he is also remembered for the purchase of Alaska in eighteen sixty seven, referred yep. to as at the time as Seward's Folly.
0: Yeah. You know? <laughs>
1: Great job, great job, Seward, buying Alaska. (laughs) What's there? Only later did they find
0: gold
1: and And ice and bears, and bears and moose.
0: So, long story short, William H. Seward was actually super cool, and it's cool that that's the statue that they stopped at. I think
1: any statue that they stopped at, it would have been cool, because we would have gotten a weird dive into a weird part of history that we wouldn't have known <laughs> that we were going into, thinking we're going into Greek mythology. Plan
0: 23 consists of waking up all these brown statues in Manhattan, and they're actually automatons made by Daedalus. So you, Annabeth wakes up the automaton of William H. Seward, and she's like, initiate Plan 23, defend Olympus and just, the automaton just, like, marches off, and Percy's <laughs> like, do they know that we're not the enemy? And us like, I hope so. And <laughs> he's like, yeah. okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we shall see. You, you don't wanna, you don't
1: wanna, like, I don't know, stay at that mindset for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so they see so- That might kill us. <laughs>
0: so they see some greek fire explode over the city and they're like oh we gotta go so they hurry down south to battery park which is where the hudson and the east rivers meet and empty into the new york harbor as we just saw on the map so percy's like you shouldn't go or annabeth's like you shouldn't go alone percy and he's like can you breathe underwater sis and she's like whatever go get on my face so apparently the rivers are like really disgusting and full of trash and pollution and they're just like really nasty. And Percy's like, <laughs> Percy's like, don't bathe in this harbor. It will make you grow a third eye. <laughs> what is New York doing? You know? <laughs> um, you muted yourself. I can't hear you.
1: I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> Good for you. The dogs are barking. That's why I needed myself. Oh.
0: <laughs> so, Percy sinks to the bottom of the bay or the what's it? The harbor/bay. And uh he just starts insulting the East River and the Hudson River until the spirits of the river appear to like defend themselves because they're New Yorkers and Percy's like, "Oh, just get them riled up and they'll show up." <laughs> And the East River spirit looks disturbingly like a Telkine. He's got a wolfish face, a seal body, and like radiation green eyes. So like Hulk green eyes here, people. And the Hudson is more human and wears a chainmail coat made out of bottle caps and those plastic six-pack holders, which are terrible. And I don't know why they haven't found a better solution for that yet.
1: I don't even know. Whenever I remember to, I always try and, like, cut these
0: six-pack holders, you know? Yeah. I can't remember the last time we bought something that had that in it. Like, had that holding it together. So, Percy is like, which one of you is more polluted and stuff? (laughs) Which makes him angry, so they- Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Which one is smellier? (laughs) (laughs) So, he has to stop them from fighting each other, so they turn on him. And they throw like a bunch of trash at him and a chunk of glass hits him in the chest and just shatters without hurting him. And they're like, oh, you have the curse of Achilles, fabulous. <laughs> and he's like, look, can you please just stop these ships and drown the monsters? I, please, that's all I want from you. And they're like, we don't care about this battle. We're going to be here no matter what. Nobody cares about us, blah, blah, blah. And Percy pulls out his bargaining chip. Which is the sand dollar that Poseidon gave him last summer for his fifteenth birthday?
1: Ooh, we always knew that was gonna come back.
0: Yep, just gotta hold on to it. And is that his fifteenth birthday? Because didn't we miss a birthday? Yeah, it was fifteenth
1: birthday last year.
0: So they gave it to him for his fourteenth birthday. No, he
1: right? gave it to him for his fifth. Right. Because didn't we miss a birthday though? Wait, did we get it at? When did he get it? Did he get it at the end of Labyrinth or the end of Monsters? Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Then
0: Fifteenth. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, yeah, the sand dollar actually has quite a lot of value, and both rivers want it, and apparently it will like cleanse them of pollution and trash, which is fabulous. So Percy, like, dollars in the world. Right? Percy breaks it in half, and he's like, all right, half for each of you. Drown the monsters, please. (laughs) And they're like,
1: (laughs) drown. Yeah, it
0: it takes them zero effort, and Percy's just like, thank you so much, and he's like, stay clean, which, (laughs) why is Rick, like, calling us out like this? I don't know,
1: but and also, it's not the river's fault that they are dirty. Unfortunately,
0: it's nope. ours. Yep. So as Percy is like floating back up toward the surface, he hears the Hudson River spirits say, "Cursed Achilles, they always think that'll save them, don't they?" And East laughs and says, "If only he knew." Yikes.
1: <laughs> uh oh,
0: that something's coming. Getting more and more convinced that this was not a good idea. (laughs) So Percy finds Annabeth waiting on the shore talking on her cell phone, and he's like, All right, the rivers are safe. We're good there. And she tells him that Michael Yu has called to ask for reinforcements at the Williamsburg Bridge because the Minotaur is leading the march into Manhattan over the bridge. Yikes! It's back. They're
1: all freaked out about the minotaur. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, that brings us to the last chapter in this episode, Chapter 11. We break a bridge. I gave that 5 stars. I gave
1: that a number of stars that I don't know. 1, second. Oh my goodness. Oh my
0: goodness. Uh, ha,
1: ha, ha, ha
0: ha ha ha. 4 stars. Oh, really? Yeah, that's so great though. Like, breaking a bridge would be fun, as long as it was safe. <laughs> as long
1: as it was safe. What's this <laughs> chapter about, Natalie?
0: This chapter is about lots of things. So, Percy calls Blackjack and Pork Pie to give him and Annabeth a lift. And uh, Blackjack's like, we almost got shot out of the sky, boss! <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the protections of the King of the Winds. and And Percy's like hey, Blackjack, why do pegasus gallop their legs as they fly? And Blackjack's like, I don't know, boss, why do humans swing their arms when they walk? Just feels right. Percy Percy is asking the true
1: questions. Yeah. boggle the mind (laughs) that will keep you up at night.
0: (laughs) Gotta get a little bit of comedic relief in there, you know? Yeah. So, Percy (laughs) is thinking about the Minotaur, and he's like, he still has nightmares about the Minotaur chasing him, Grover, and Queen Sally way back in uh, the Lightning Thief. And Mm -hmm. he's like, he had hoped that the Minotaur would stay dead for like a few hundred years, but of course that didn't happen.
1: Never. And
0: they, so they get over to the Williamsburg Bridge and they see the Apollo campers doing their best to take out the monsters, but they're just too many. And the army is advancing steadily and like the campers are only taking out a few monsters at a time and then the dracanae and the hellhounds are taking out the campers too and it's just like not going well for Mm-mm. apollo kids and in the middle of the throng is the minotaur wearing greek battle armor and he has a double-bladed axe strapped to his back and he looks up and sees percy and annabeth on the pegasi and throws a limo at them which is it's a fun image yeah. And Percy... And like,
1: oh, what, over 100 feet high?
0: Yeah. That would be scary. He's strong. Very. So Percy has Blackjack drop them off behind the front line, which Blackjack's happy about. And then Michael Yu runs up to them, you know, he's dirty and bandaged, but he's still smiling like he's ha- having fun somehow. And he's like, where are the rest of the reinforcements? And Percy's like, there aren't any. And Michael's like, well, we're all gonna die. Fabulous, And Percy asks him about the Flying Chariot, and Michael's like, gave it to Clarice, it wasn't worth fighting over anymore. And, but apparently instead of just being like, yes, I shall come fight with you, Clarice has declared that he has insulted her honor too many times and refused to come to New York, which is just dumb. So Michael launches a sonic arrow into the monsters, um, which plays a screeching sound like an electric guitar, um causing some monsters to disintegrate but the others just like cover their ears and run for cover so it's like not super effective but, but also helpful monsters us. that were in-
1: disintegrated just by
0: the sonic arrow
1: yeah <laughs> got some weak eardrums or else that's a very loud sonic i don't even know how loud does something have to be to kill you very how, do- how loud does something have to be to kill a human Like, immediately.
0: I don't know. (laughs) I've never thought about it. What
1: is a lethal, what, decibel? Volume? 150 decibels is usually considered enough to burst your eardrums. Um, But the threshold for death is usually pegged around 185 to 200 decibels. My Um, goodness. A passenger car driving at 25 feet... What? Wait. A passenger car driving by 25 feet away from, like, where you're standing, so the car is 25 feet away, that's 60 decibels. Hmm. So... And then a jackhammer or a lawnmower is 100. And then a chainsaw is 120. So something a lot louder than a chainsaw would have to kill you.
0: Sounds unpleasant. <laughs> yeah.
1: Something twice as loud as a chainsaw Yeah. Would have to kill you. Or twice as loud as a lawnmower.
0: Yeah. Or three passenger vehicles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Percy tells Michael to call the... Apollo kids back behind the front lines and wait for his signal and he's like I'm going to we are going to drive the monsters back into Brooklyn and Michael's like by yourself yep don't think so <laughs> so, <laughs> so Annabeth wants to come with Percy but he asks her to stay with Michael and help the Apollo kids regroup and move the sleepy mortals out of harm's way as much as they can and then right before he runs off, he's like, Don't I get a kiss for luck? It's kind of a tradition, right? And she's just like, he's afraid that he, she's just gonna like lay him out, you know? And then she just draws her knife and she's like, Come back alive, seaweed brain. Then oh, we'll I love see. It. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Don't get too big for your purchase, Percy. <laughs> <laughs> so Percy marches up the bridge to face the Minotaur. And he dispatches a Fudricanae and a hellhound, and then slices the Minotaur's axe in half. Um, and the axe is, like, shaped like an omega, like the blades of it are. Um, probably because it's the last thing his victims ever saw, Percy thinks. And the thing that really... Wait, affects, what? Like, uh, the omega is the last letter of the Greek alphabet. Oh! So the blades are, like, shaped like an omega so it's the
1: last thing yeah (laughs) i I wouldn't have gotten that he literally says
0: it in the book oh (laughs) did you read this i thought i read this
1: (laughs) (gasps) oh maybe i didn't read it
0: (laughs) but the thing that really infuriates percy about the axe is that the handle is wrapped in camp half-blood beads.
1: Yes, I remember this part. Yeah. See um, that
0: so yeah, just blocked out the other part. <laughs> so it was like half one
1: bead is a lot more scary than Omega.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so Percy's just infuriated, slices the axe in half. He slices off the Minotaur's horns, grabs one half the axe and like runs towards the side of the bridge. And then he turns and braces the axe against the bridge and the minotaur impales itself on its own axe uh and then percy just like throws it over the side of the bridge yeah like launches it off the bridge then yeah which
1: and then he disintegrates as he falls yeah he
0: doesn't doesn't even reach the water so cool so so percy now charges
1: about the camp half-blood beads on the miniatures not staff whatever thing the axe handle axe handle would it Are those beads that he would have collected after he's been reincarnated this specific time, or all all of time?
0: I imagine it could be all of time, unless his axe is new. Yeah. Because we don't- I don't think we saw any
1: axe or any kind of weaponry in Lightning Thief. So... Maybe maybe like he Percy said, maybe in Lightning Thief he had just been woken up in the middle of the night in his underwear and had pizza. <laughs> <on. laughs>
0: you never know, but yeah, I don't think that they're all from like right now because I mean I guess they could be, but who knows?
1: That I feel like would be <clears throat> a number of campers that's large enough that even Percy would have noticed. <laughs>
0: Oh, sweet unobservant Percy Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so Percy now, now he's done with the Minotaur, charges the enemy monsters, and he's just slicing and dicing and kicking butt and taking names and, like, laughing at him at, like, the battle. <laughs> he's like. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, the la- my laugh scares me just
1: as yeah. much as it scared everybody
0: else. <laughs> yeah. So there he like when he's done like obliterating this monster army. Uh, the last twenty monsters just take off toward like the Brooklyn side of the bridge. And Annabeth's like, Stop, stop, like we're already overextended and he just wants to keep going until like they're all dead. But then he sees the reinforcements at the end of the bridge. And this time it's 30 or 40 demigods in Greek armor holding a purple banner with a black scythe and plus, like, assorted monsters, and at the head of the group is Kronos himself. So, Percy calls the, the Apollo fighters to fall back, but they can't get back fast enough before Cronos' cavalry are upon them. and. Percy is like fighting, of course, but he's trying not to kill these soldiers because they're demigods and he's like, some of them are probably my friends at one point. And so he destroys their like skeletal horses. So some of them are like fighting Percy on foot and blackjack and pork pie Pie are helping by like kicking them in the head and stuff. And then Annabeth and Percy are like shoulder to shoulder fighting and Annabeth like cries out in pain behind him and Percy turns to see that she's wounded, and she took a knife to protect Percy's weak spot, his like his mortal anchor. Mm-hmm. And he's like, she can't possibly know that that's where, like, that's there. Like, I haven't told anyone. So how did she and know? And then how you know? did
1: even the person who was throwing the knife know? Or did they know?
0: Who knows? Speaking of that person, that person... Is Ethan Nakamura, Ooh. <laughs> so he must have survived the explosion of the Princess Andromeda somehow. You think Luke protected him? Could be. Maybe or, sorry, Kronos.
1: Because this is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you actually have you seen the there are... there because there are people who ship Ethan and Luke. Oh gosh. <laughs> and there are is artwork out there. <laughs> it's... It's some beautiful works of art.
0: <laughs> I've not actually seen any of that.
1: Oh, it's gorgeous, and I kind like of ship I it don't. Now,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like I would love to ship it. I just don't see it anytime no. <laughs> time, any kind of effect with any kind of affection. No,
0: story.
1: no. But I would love to see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we need some. We need some proof here, people. I can't even defend that one. Like, I defended uh, Hephaestus and, um, Oh, God. Uh, what's his name? The ranch hand. Cowboy boy. Yeah. Cowboy boy. Hephaestus and cowboy boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the stronger had, ship.
0: But... For that one. You do. Proof. <laughs> Undeniable proof. <laughs> Go back and listen to that episode of the Labyrinth season. I think there's section. at least two
1: episodes where we talk about Hephaestus <laughs> and Cowboy Boy.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's there. I'm just saying. Anyway, it can't. There's nothing whatsoever for Ethan and Luke. <laughs> just, I just didn't realize I was like other a than
1: Luke, other than Ethan somehow survived the explosion Andromeda. <laughs> sure, we can picture in that in that split section second chronos slash luke held on to ethan protected yeah. him with his invincible body
0: or maybe luke or ethan also bathed in the river and is thus also maybe i don't I, I don't think
1: so because who's his mom he would have gotten had to get approval from oh yeah
0: his mother it's uh the magic one isn't it no it's narcissus. It's the
1: nemesis nemesis
0: nemesis narcissus <laughs> that's Draco Malfoy's mom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, n- Narciss- Narcissus is a different Greek myth. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> um, so, Ethan survived. He stabbed Annabeth. Um, Percy, like, drives the demigods, the bad ones, away from Annabeth to protect her. And Kronos, like, notices Percy defending her, and he's like, Interesting. A weakness indeed. Mm. And he's like, it's either surrender or watch the girl die, Jackson. And Percy's like, nope. And he calls Blackjack and Blackjack swoops in and carries Annabeth far away from the battle in like the blink of an eye. And Kronos is like, I shall make Pegasus stew soon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, speaking of of uh, Percy's weaknesses are amplified after his bath in the river sticks.
0: Correct, and And
1: his weaknesses, or his, his his mortal flaw, according to the sirens or whatever, wasn't it like, oh, you care for your you care for friends too much, you're gonna, like, sacrifice yourself for friends.
0: It was the lady who turned him into a guinea pig, I think. Yeah, Cersei, Cersei told
1: him that. Yeah. Um, so... Does that mean that Percy just is feeling his emotions more towards his friends? So maybe he wasn't fully in love with Annabeth until he went into the River Styx, and now his just, I don't know. I mean, like, could be. It's, yeah, like everything's it's been amplified. Super amplified. And he's just like, I love her now. I haven't <laughs> voice it before. And I still can't voice it, but I can identify the feelings now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it would make sense. And then he's like defending her without thinking of what that says to the evil Titan Lord. hmm But then also Annabeth's been stabbed. Yes. She's bleeding badly. So, it's okay, though, because Blackjack got her to safety. At least she's not gonna die from Kronos. That we
1: know (laughs) of! It might be, like, a gut wound that they can't heal without the sacrifice of a, I don't know, Grover.
0: (laughs) Well, I think considering that she's alive in this book series that comes after this, (laughs) I think we all know she's going to be okay. How do we know? Maybe she's a
1: clone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Kronos takes a swing at Percy with his demon scythe, and Percy actually knocks him down and, like, uh, disarms him, knocks him down, and is about to stab him. But then Kronos, like, rolls away and grabs his scythe, and he's like, not today, Jackson. And it's interesting that there's, like, no mention of Percy thinking of Kronos as Luke at all. Like... Yeah, I thought that too. There's one part where it's like, and when referring to the enemy demigods, he refers to them as Luke's men, and that's it. And the whole entire rest of this, he just thinks of him as Kronos. Yeah, I thought that as soon
1: as he's, like... As soon as, like, Percy, like, makes eye contact, I think he's like, yeah, it, I saw Kronos. And I think that's the first time that he saw, he saw Kronos, I guess, that he didn't go, I saw Kronos in the body of
0: Luke, or something like that. Right. He's just like, nope, that's Kronos, and it's time for him to go. hmm Definitely, like, so much has switched in Percy's brain right now. It's just like, battle mode. On. Yeah. Activate. So Kronos like strikes the bridge with the butt of his scythe and like a wave of force like pers- pushes Percy backward and throws some of the enemy demigods over the side of the bridge because Kronos just does not care. Mm-hmm. And uh, Percy like gets to his feet and he sees Michael balancing on one of these suspension cables. And Michael's like, break the bridge, use your powers, we're over a river. <laughs> use your water <laughs> powers. <laughs> So Percy uses the to create this giant geyser of salt water and, like, breaks this 50-foot chasm in the bridge, and he's on, like, this side with the Apollo kids, and they're on the other side, and he's like, yeah, they could still get over here, climbing over the suspension cables, but, like, that would take so long. And so inside, Kronos just... Oh, you
1: mean the monsters are on the other side? Yeah. You said the Apollo. Would-
0: no, I said Percy's over here with the Apollo kids.
1: Oh, I thought and you then said the Percy's are over on the here, other the, side. the Apollo cabins over here, and they're falling oh, no. over the suspension cables. I was like,
0: I don't <laughs> <remember this." laughs> "No, Percy and the Apollo kids are on one side, and the Kronos' army are on the other side. Mm-hmm. And Percy's like, they could still get over here on the cables, but they don't. And Kronos calls them to retreat. He like gives Percy a mock salute, and pieces out." And Percy like searches for Michael, but there's nothing but his bow like laying in the street. And Percy just lets out this like scream of anger and frustration. And it's just, like imagine how the Apollo campers are just like staring at him, like yeah. What is happening like to a Percy?
1: Big boom basically went off. A big yeah. geyser just took away a whole bridge. Yeah, and then. What's left is, of their, fr- their brother is the bow in the middle of the street, and then they see the most powerful demigod they have ever witnessed just scream in anguish. Yeah. Think about <laughs> cinematic moment.
0: I know. And the fact that this was not captured in film is just, it's perfectly written. It's a sin. For an adaptation. It's just like, <laughs> ugh. So Percy's mom's phone rings, uh, and it says he has a call from Finkelstein & Associates. (laughs) So he answers it, and it's Selena's on the other end, um, sounding like she's been crying and telling him to grab a healer from Apollo's cabin and come to the Plaza Hotel to take care of Annabeth. So Annabeth is not doing well. And then that is the end of chapter 11, and thus the end of this year recap we got going on today. Oh, but Annabeth! Annabeth is in danger, though. Oh, gosh. I know. She is injured. I remember reading this part and just, like, freaking out about whether or not Annabeth is going to survive. It's like, you
1: can't kill Annabeth. Annabeth, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no.
0: no. (laughs) (laughs) What's going to happen? And there were no more books at, like, I don't think there were any other books. No, or at least I maybe wasn't aware maybe of them. The,
1: maybe maybe the Kane Chronicles had come out.
0: Oh, like, but but it wasn't like this, there were no, no more in this like
1: ever again. It's like right now, yeah, if you read the books today, you know that Annabeth and Percy are going to survive because there are other series where they <laughs> are on the book covers, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, and but if you like. Oh, my God, have you read this without knowing that there's another book after this? Annabeth's gonna
0: die. Yeah. And you don't know. It's terrifying. It's really scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that brings us to Oh, My, oh my God. God.
1: So also in Oh, My Goods today, we're gonna be talking about Achilles. Because Achilles, uh, um, we haven't really... Seen a lot of him in this book, but he is all over the place. Yeah, and if you know the story of Achilles, you can see things that are being set up and into place and are going to go down.
0: Oh, the dominoes bully. are
1: being set up in the same way, the the same pattern that the story of Achilles is being was being set up. Nice. um So today, I'm not going to tell you the whole story because that would end with some spoilers for for the last Olympian but I'm going to tell you a bit about Achilles. So Achilles is the son of the Greek king Peleus and the sea nymph named Thetis. Uh, prior to Achilles coming on the scene, Thetis led a full life. Uh, she had both Zeus and Poseidon head over heels in love with her. They were like about to have a full on war over her hand. (laughs) hand. But before Zeus started throwing lightning bolts, he heard a prophecy. And this prophecy warned that Thetis would have a son who would grow up to be greater than the father. Zeus would have none of this. Because if you look in Zeus's uh, family tree, there are no real good father-son relationships other than when the son gets more powerful than the father and kills the father. Not only <laughs> killing him, but normally cutting him up and scattering the pieces. Honestly, it happened two times in a row and in, in, within two generations. It's a trend. We're just waiting for it to happen again. <laughs> So Zeus was like I cannot marry Thetis if she's going to have a kid that's going to be power- more powerful than me. So he was like no 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 Thetis you got to marry a mortal. And he arranges him to, her to marry Helius, who is a king among mortals and that makes it so that no matter what that her child will be mortal and thus less than Zeus. But he could be greater than Peleus because Peleus is just a mortal king. It's not hard to be greater than a mortal king. <gasps> right. <laughs> uh, but there is a different version of the story, of course there is that says Thetis turned down Zeus and Zeus gets like man hurt and decrees that she should never marry a mor- um, she should never marry a god. So then Thetis is basically forced to marry a mortal. Um, uh-huh. even though she does sort of like Peleus. But either way Thetis and Peleus end up marrying and soon enters the bouncing bundle of future killing machine Achilles. <laughs> um, so Achilles had a mythic childhood. Um <laughs> Um, You'll never see anybody raised like this, ever. Hopefully. Probably. (laughs) Um, so when Achilles was born, Fetus realized that she was immortal. But her son wasn't. And so she realized that she was going to outlive her son, and she really, really, really did not want that to happen. So she went to some extreme lengths to try and prevent that from happening. So as a child she brought him to the river styx and held him by the heel and gave him a bath making him invulnerable except for the spot on his heel where Thetis held him and that became Achilles heel. <gasps> there are other there are of course other myths that say actually the spot wasn't on his heel, it was actually on a part on his back or on his side, whatever. Because of course there's alternate myths. Right. You can't have one thing. But Achilles' heel, it's gone down in history. Now we have the Achilles tendon. Don't mess with the Achilles tendon. Yeah. It hurts. (laughs) It does. Real bad. So when she realized that no matter what, uh, even with the Bath in the river Styx. Achilles was going to die. He was ultimately mortal. Uh, She realized that, and she was like really, really distraught, and she didn't know what to do, and she didn't want to get in. She didn't want to lose him later, so she decided, "I'll lose him now." (laughs) So she left. She (laughs) so um, as a like when I don't know. I'm gonna guess around. Five years old, Thetis said bye to Peleus and Achilles and went to return to live in the sea with her sisters. Every once in a while, like if Achilles like prayed really hard or something, Thetis er, would show up and be like, "I am your mother. You're gonna die though, so I can't stay around." <laughs> Uh, but Peleus was a bit overwhelmed by the the fact that now he has to raise an invincible child. Um, (laughs) and- I'd be a little overwhelmed by that, too. Yeah. So, he instead sent Achilles to be raised by Chiron. So, Chiron was already well-known as being the trainer of heroes, he had already trained Hercules and Jason, and Peleus was actually, like, friends with Jason. He was, I believe, one of the Argonauts, so we oh. <laughs> like had some connections that way. Uh, Yay, Chiron entering the entering the child-rearing business once again with Achilles. And Chiron fed Achilles on a diet of this is a beautiful menu. I know. Write it down. Get it from your grocery stores. Uh, the innards of lions and wild pigs. Uh, the marrow of she wolves. Don't get any of those he wolves. We only want the she wolves. <laughs> uh, and, and with those innards and marrow, it made Achilles big, strong, hero man. And he also taught Achilles how to hunt. And, like, do, like, all the sword fighting and badassery stuff. Um, <laughs> but he also taught him to love music and poetry and art. He had a nice, well-rounded demigod education. Nice. <laughs> so, eventually, though, when he was, uh, like, when he was, like, getting mature, Chiron uh, was just like, you are now a grown man. You are. You are i can teach you no more i can feed you no more innards and make you bigger go home and he sent him back to peleus but peleus was like dudes i just heard a prophecy i heard a prophecy that says achilles if you go to this war in troy you're gonna die because at the time this is at the time when there's some things brewing in the greek world uh you see like over in sparta some some queen got kidnapped and went to Troy. Some lady named Helen. And now everyone <laughs> has to go to war. <laughs> and people are like, all the Greeks are amassing an army and they need their men. And they've heard of this really nice, strong boy, uh, child of Peleus and Fetus, And he's going to be a big, strong boy. Uh, we need him in Troy. So the Greeks are on the search for Achilles. And Peleus is like, you cannot go to Troy, because if you go to Troy, you're going to die, Achilles. So, I'm going to send you away again, because father and sons can't have any good relationships. So <laughs> he <Achilles>? sends him. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, Achilles didn't have any... Uh... Family relationships, I don't think. Um, <laughs> he sent uh, Achilles to the court of Lycomedes as Skyros, where Achilles then disguised himself as a girl in order to blend in with all the king's many daughters. So the king had all daughters, didn't have any sons. That's why they sent him to this place because, oh, it'll be the last place the Greeks go to get men because. <laughs> There are no men like, like, only this old man who just keeps fathering child or fathering girls <laughs> so achilles disguises himself as a girl but uh, as he does that he actually uh, got one of his uh, sisters i guess one of the sisters in disguise uh dedema dedemia pregnant um yeah so girl That's- and girl not a great plan no (laughs) and they had the child nepotalamus or neopatalamus and he ends up in troy as well but achilles could only hide on skyros for so long and eventually the greeks did find him and they were like hey achilles you're supposed to be a really cool fighter you want to come and sh- prove to everybody that how great of a fighter you are and Achilles is like I'm a great fighter. I don't need to prove anybody. And the <laughs> Greeks say this like but but you've never really fought anybody in a war. If you fought someone in a war and won, that would prove to everybody that you're the greatest fighter in all of, the, all of Greece. And Achilles is just like sold. I'm going to Troy. <laughs> and the Greeks wanted Achilles because they had also heard a prophecy about Achilles saying Oh, he, without Achilles, you will never win, Troy. So in war, Achilles thrived because it was all he was raised to do. Um, (laughs) During the first nine years of the war, Achilles ravaged the countryside surrounding Troy, and he took 12 cities. Wow. But in the 10th year, that's when the drama really started to come to a boil. And I shall say no more, because drama means it's going to be happening in this here book. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you how the drama is excavated. Maybe I'll have to tell you next episode.
0: <laughs> <Hashtag> spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing you found that on blog.britishmuseum.org who hyphen was hyphen Achilles.
1: Yeah, the British Museum blog has a really, just like, I don't know, museum blogs are always really a fun way to find information, but the British Museum, this one, this British Museum blog, who was Achilles, um, they did a really good job, and then they also would have, like, artwork from their collection, sort of depicting the story of Achilles, it was really cool. That's cool. Yeah. Are you ready for Bring on the Monsters? Yes. Cool. (laughs) So really the only monster that we have today is the Minotaur. And we have talked a lot about the Minotaur. And then we've also talked a lot about Theseus who killed the Minotaur. And if you really want to go back and
0: hear all about that, go back to episode one. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to so, say, we, we don't need to say anything else about him, do we? No, yeah. not really. Um, Minotaur's
1: kills a lot of people.
0: He's and... a big bull man, scary bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Still no match for 12-year-old Perseus Jackson.
1: <laughs> nope. I like that during the fight, he uh, Percy, like, slices off both of the Minotaur's horns, yeah. I feel like that was, like, a point of, like, hey, last time I <laughs> killed you with one of your own horns, I'm not even gonna let you have any of horns this yeah. time. Yeah.
0: I know, I thought of that, too. I was like, damn!
1: <laughs> and I wonder, like, the Minotaur is probably like, yeah, I can handle this 12-year-old now. I'm 10 feet tall this time around, and I have armor and an axe, and, like, <laughs> Yeah killed thousands of demigods, and he's just like, Percy's just like, Hello. I have been through things. and
0: (laughs) You shall die now again today. Here and now. You cannot handle me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. I have got to say, though, I'm not a huge fan of battle scenes, as you know. Mm -hmm. And I actually thought that this one was interesting and well-written, and it was not just, like, didn't it make was, me want to just, like, skip pages. Yeah, it was cool. All right, did you have any quest queries, Quinn? Uh, <laughs> okay.
1: I wrote, I don't even know. Okay, okay, so in the very first page of these chapters, so first page of chapter nine, the, uh, when uh, Percy is... Ta- basically, they had just gotten out of the Underworld, and Percy's just like, wow. He calls... Who does he call? I think he, he calls Annabeth. And he's just like, wow, this... Like, the cell phone signal is very good, considering I was just in the Underworld. I know. <laughs> but then... Okay, so, I'm thinking. The monsters track... However, they could sense when demigods use cell phones and technology. Right. And now it turns out the signal's really, really good in the underworld. <laughs> Do you think the signal's coming from the underworld? Do you think the monsters are in have- control of our the network? Or whatever yeah. you want to call it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like what? Bill got Gates is actually a heartbeat. Underworld? <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Steve Jobs, what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> evil child of Athena. Maybe <laughs> he's evil. Maybe he's evil what? because he's giving everybody cell phones. Maybe he's actually gonna get like... eaten by monsters.
0: <laughs> Maybe Steve Jobs is just dataless. <laughs> Ooh Before Daedalus became, you know, redeemed. <laughs> before Daedalus became Quintus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, the body before Quintus was Steve Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and then Steve Jobs died, so...
0: never <laughs> know. <no. laughs> yeah. May they track us Maybe and know every
1: things. tech guru that's ever existed has actually been dataless in disguise.
0: <laughs> Everyone at the Apple help bar or whatever it's called. They're all
1: dataless <laughs> automatons.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That'd be still so crazy. That's really fun.
1: That would be also very scary.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like
1: an I an automaton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think so. No, you don't. If you don't know, then you're probably not.
1: <laughs> How do you know? Maybe there's maybe you purposely made automatons that don't know that they're automatons until they know that they're automatons, and then their minds would blow up!
0: Do <laughs> the fun of that. Infiltrate the mortals.
1: Use <laughs> the mortals as their signaling.
0: They're spies. Know. <gasps> That's the spy. I can't believe all another time. <laughs> oh, no. no. sense whatsoever.
1: <laughs> oh, no, <it> does. <laughs> Daedalus, theory, this though. person that's dead and was barely <laughs> in it.
0: <laughs> you know, maybe he's laid all these plans out in the laptop. Yeah, maybe when he died, right
1: before he died, he pressed the go. And all hey. of the automatons over the years that he'd made and infiltrated in secret in all of their little, like, hidey-hodes holes got, like, a little <laughs> message in their brains that said, I don't know, what, what, oh, uh, what's the spy ultimate spy on hole? Cam <laughs> <had
0: blood>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's so- Here, go. Uh, I was just gonna say, I, I don't really have any quest queries this episode. Yeah, it's, it's pretty oh, just a point. lot of
1: actions going on. Yeah,
0: <laughs> not really anything bringing up any questions except for how did Argus get out of the city with <laughs> the <laughs> white vans? Oh, what about yes. the, the sand dollars?
1: Why, don't, why aren't there more, of, more sand dollars if they clean the ocean that well? They're expensive. I think I can find a sand dollar in this room if I can. (laughs)
0: Yep. (laughs) Probably could, honestly. Yeah. But like maybe it's not all the sand dollars. It's only special sand dollars. Hmm.
1: Sand dollars spent by Poseidon?
0: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Special Poseidon blessed sand dollars. Well, this episode is over now. So.
1: <laughs> is it now? Now? Is yes.
0: It? Follow us on Twitter and, and Instagram at floor underscore 600, slow Tumblr updates at floor 600 podcast. Email us at floor 600.podcasts at gmail.com. Join our Patreon. Patreon. Join our Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com to help us improve this podcast and get some cool stuff. And as always, rate, review, subscribe. What about, subscribe. What about um, Redbubble? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I know some of you were on Redbubble creeping on our merch and <gasps> didn't creeping. buy any. Uh. So you can buy baby centaur stickers and banner stickers. I want to probably make some other stuff. I just haven't decided what yet. Yeah. You can buy stickers, and they're cheaper right now than they will ever be. So go buy stickers, and you don't have to buy all of your stickers are stickers. But if you buy, I think it's like six small stickers on the entire site, you get X percent off. So go get some stickers.
1: Yeah, all of the stickers I have on my laptop right now are from Redbubble, and it yes. was before we had our thing there but yeah.
0: they're cool. I like <laughs> them. actually have had red bubble stickers for a long time. They're pretty good quality. They are. Yeah. It's like them. you
1: can remove them off of other things and put them on other things and they're still sticky.
0: Yeah. And they're like n- nice thick material. They're not just like cheap cheapo papery ones.
1: Yeah. Which is part of why yeah surprisingly waterproof.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So go do that. Check that out. Email us your name suggestions for the baby centaurs so we can do something fun because if we don't get your name suggestions we're not going to be able to do anything fun. Yep. So.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, have a nice day. Um,
0: (laughs) hopefully this brought you a little bit of joy in your quarantine. Every day is the same. No.
1: Not the exact same. Sometimes the sun's out. (laughs)
0: <laughs> sometimes it's snowing there you go anyway bye, bye. <laughs>